What in the world is up with the Wars? After a month without a win, we look at where the Warriors are going wrong and if they can turn things around. For that and everything else worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you listen to podcasts. Warning. This episode of The Long Read contains strong language and a reference to rape. Hi, I'm Philippa Tolley and welcome to The Long Read from Stuff. This week's story is called It's Part of the Game. It's by Sunday Star Time senior reporter Adam Dudding and is about middleweight UFC mixed martial artist Israel Adesanya. Adesanya is many things, champion fighter, fashion plate, a particular version of modern masculinity. Stylebender, a new feature-length film about him, aims to show all the different facets of Adesanya in and out of the ring. Now, here's Adam Dudding reading his story, It's Part of the Game. Mic check, one, two. Israel Adesanya is helping me confirm my recorder's working. Testicles, test, 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 test. The recorder's working just fine. And five words into the interview, before it's even started really, Adesanya has announced himself. Emphatically male, slightly juvenile, kind of funny. Ready to entertain or provoke or irritate and not really bothered which way it lands. He's talking to me because a feature-length film about him, Stylebender, is about to be released. The director, Zoe McIntosh, is here too. Stylebender is absorbing and impressive and it got a screening at New York's prestigious Tribeca Film Festival. I'm really very interested in how McIntosh and her team got so close to Adesanya and his longtime mentor Eugene Behrman and followed them for years. How McIntosh built a rich visual style that takes it way beyond a simple combat sport fly on the wall. How this film connects to McIntosh's back catalogue of films that focus on charismatic weirdos who swim against the tide. But, inevitably, I've prepped far more questions for the film's star. The Kiwi who's reached the top ranks of the big money Ultimate Fighting Championship, UFC. The guy with 8.4 million Instagram followers. The guy who hangs out with Zuck and who once lost a big brand deal with BMW. Before all that though, I want to hear from Israel Adesanya about his bling. There are diamonds in his earrings and more on the huge ring on his left pinky. I just saw it one time in Michael Hill and I'm like a magpie, he says. I like shiny things, so I was like, ooh, I do. The diamonds are real, although, as he says, I used to rock CZs, that's cubic zirconia, back in the day when I couldn't afford them. What about the pearl necklace? It's almost Adesanya's trademark. He saw a black male model wearing pearls once, so he's followed suit ever since, occasionally layering them up, sometimes adding a diamond chain. He reckons they look great on black skin. Also, he likes it that it pisses some people off. People are like, it's for girls, and I'm like, well, said who? And then there's the big gold watch. It's a Rolex, he says. My first Rolex. I've always wanted one. It's a sign of success, I guess, for most people, because most people work their lives to get one of these. Adesanya is 34. On the day we meet, he's the UFC middleweight champion, 
and fifth in the pound-for-pound ranking spanning all weight classes, though both those facts will change just nine days later. A recent estimate put his fights-only earnings in the 12 months to August 2023 as $8.4 million. And then there are the brand deals. He owns houses all over New Zealand and says he's currently trying to buy some more in Las Vegas. He won't say what all this adds up to, but does say, Dad told me two years ago what I was worth, and my jaw hit the ground. It's midday on a Friday in early September. Adesanya, McIntosh, and I have squeezed into a booth at an empty nightclub in Fort Lane in central Auckland. Mostly because stuff visual journalist David White thought Roxy would be a good spot for photos before the interview, with the winter light spilling onto a distressed concrete stairwell. When White asks Adesanya to move down a few steps for a different angle, the fighter has an obvious hobble. I ask him if he's sore, and he just laughs. It's part of the game. His next fight is nine days away, defending that middleweight title against American Sean Strickland. Training typically tapers before a big fight, but he has had a sparring session this morning at Eugene Behrman's gym, City Kickboxing, and he's knackered. This afternoon, he'll rest at home in Remuera. The nightclub's owner has arrived and offers drinks all round. I'll take a cocktail, says Adesanya. Get me a porn star martini, please. The owner finds this hilarious and replays the conversation. Want a beer, bro? And then, I'll have a porn star martini. Adesanya doesn't mind. Thanks, man, he says with a grin. Appreciate ya. A porn star martini, he explains, is... Delicious. I don't drink beer. I'm not one of those grrr men. Bourbon is the most manly drink I can stomach. I like sweet drinks. I mean, who wants to drink something called bitter? It's the kind of thing that keeps coming up in McIntosh's documentary. Adesanya moves in a world of macho, macho men, where fighters talk smack and smack each other about, but he enjoys undermining all that. Besides the pearls and the unmanly drinks, he also gets his nails done. He goes to therapy. Not that you should mistake Adesanya for some sort of Gender Studies 101 student. This is a guy who's also expressed enthusiasm for the reactionary intellectual Jordan Peterson and the misogynistic influencer and alleged rapist Andrew Tate. Adesanya says, I didn't want this film to be used, especially in this day and age, with the whole super-woke agenda of transgenderism and kids. I didn't want people to be like, oh, another fucking woke film about boys painting their nails. No, That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, don't even be like me. Be like you. Just express yourself authentically as you, whatever the fuck that means for you. Today on Newsable, are the Waz in trouble? What the Warriors need to do to get back on track after a month without any wins. Plus, the story of the Canterbury cocaine cartel and introducing the most boring man in the world. Would he be the cure to sleeplessness? For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. Israel Adesanya was born to a well-off family in Lagos, Nigeria, in 1989, first of five children. In 2001, the family moved to New Zealand to improve the children's educational opportunities. They ended up in Rotorua, where Adesanya learned for the first time that being black was something that could get you bullied. He earned some street cred 
and some relief from the school bullies by proving to be a talented breakdancer and crumper. Then he discovered martial arts, Muay Thai, kickboxing, and eventually MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. Fast forward a decade, and he'd abandoned a graphic design degree, moved to Auckland, persuaded Eugene Behrman to take him on, demonstrated extraordinary determination, won fights, signed with UFC, been anointed 2020's Sportsman of the Year at the Hellberg Awards, and ended up with Macintosh's film crew on his shoulder as he blew up from quite big in 2019 to absolutely massive in 2022. That line connecting a bullied little kid to a swaggering, trash-talking UFC fighter is partly what drew McIntosh in. She's fascinated by characters who face, as she puts it, an inherent struggle. And those struggles that happen to you when you're so young, she says, are so formative of your adult life. Some of the most powerful scenes in Stylebender are of Adesanya's counselling sessions with Janet Redmond, a possibility manager where the pair unpick the ways in which his fighting may or may not reverse the powerlessness that young Israel felt while being dangled over a school urinal. Adesanya agrees bullying definitely informed his career, but also says this, I loved fighting. I loved Jackie Chan. I loved video games. There's a thing that happens in the lead up to a fight, says Adesanya, where his personality shifts and he becomes less available. Early on, he says, my mum would be offended, but now she understands. I had to explain to her, mum, I'm going to war. There's a war within, and sometimes I might not be able to respond to your call. It's not a slight at you. Now she understands. Smart woman. And she doesn't bother me about it. I have watched more MMA video clips in the past fortnight than the rest of my life. And, yep, at times, it does look like war. Sometimes, though... It looks like two exhausted, bloodied young men dragging their injured bodies around a small playground and occasionally kicking each other. I don't suppose I'll ever quite get it. But Adesanya's vast global audience does. And satisfying their needs goes far beyond fighting like a champ a handful of times a year. At one point, I'm mid-question when Adesanya lifts his phone and pans it round the room. I lose my thread and he chuckles. Uh, you're fine, you're fine. It's a little for my TikTok or something later on. And indeed it is. He posted the video to his one million TikTok followers later that day. Adesanya makes fame look fun. He enjoys the weird perks. Exhibit one, the photo that Mark Zuckerberg posted of himself posing alongside Adesanya and fellow fighter Alexander Volkanovsky during an MMA sparring session at Lake Tahoe. That was dope, says Adesanya. That was one of those break-the-internet moments. Me and Mark, we text. If I need to talk to him, I can text. He explains that it's the same with Dwayne Johnson. Me and The Rock, I, I don't abuse these privileges or go, hey bro, how's your day going? But if I need to talk to him, I can just... He mimes texting. Hey man. And that's fucking cool. But fame can also suck. In December, Adesanya was with his siblings in Honganui. It was Christmas time, and there were plans to go to a bar. When Adesanya asked where they were heading, his brother's face fell. He was like, Ugh. And I'm like, what? But that reaction just told me what it was. It was like, if you come, 
and it's going to be Adesanya trails off. I felt upset. I was just like, oh, my siblings don't want to hang out with me because everyone just wants to talk to me. He explains that out for lunch, say, the family will be trying to banter among themselves, but with fans clamouring to be near him, as he puts it, there's a whole energy system overhead directed at me, and they often just sit there and watch, and it gets boring. No one wants to sit and watch me get, oh my God, you're the man, oh, you inspire me. You want to say, look, I don't give a fuck about you, to be honest. I give a fuck about my family. Another downside to supersized fame? Supersized consequences when you say something dumb. The culture of UFC overflows with trash talk. Hyperbolic threats and beefs spouted during weigh-ins or interviews. In March 2021, Adesanya aimed some invective at US middleweight Kevin Holland, including the line, Bro, I will fucking rape you. The comment was widely condemned, but Adesanya didn't want to apologise. In Zoe McIntosh's film, the coverage of the behind-the-scenes meltdown that followed is gripping. She never gave creative control to the star of her film, and these scenes really prove her assertion that it's, quote, not a promo puff piece. What's beautiful about the film, says McIntosh, is you're seeing all these facets to Israel, and it's not censored. I think prior to me filming... Israel was probably used to doing fight promo stuff, and I kept saying, hey, in order for this film to resonate and have a universal audience, we really need to be going beyond the fight themes and go deeper. And to Eugene and Izzy's credit, they listened. You really do see warts and all of these characters. Eventually, Adesanya walked back his comment via an Instagram post, and things settled down. Two years on, though, Adesanya still won't describe that post as an apology. I wasn't sorry, he says, because I didn't do anything wrong. He says he was simply trash-talking, quote, another guy who was talking some shit back to me. Does he accept, perhaps, that with his millions of avid followers, he has some responsibility to choose his words carefully, not to belittle the power of the word rape, for example? How did I belittle it? It's violence. What I do is very violent. Well, exactly, I suggest. And using the word rape is sexualizing that violence, which doesn't seem ideal, does it? It wasn't sexual at all, says Adesanya. I was just trying to tell him, I'm going to own you against your will without your consent. And I just said it in a quicker way without using those exact words. We go back and forth a little, but I suspect we're not going to get much further relitigating this two years old social media scuffle. At the time... The Deputy Prime Minister, Grant Robertson, said there was, quote, never a time, unquote, to make flippant comments about rape. BMW called off a planned brand ambassadorship. The fuss briefly drove a wedge between Adesanya and his mentor, Eugene Behrman. So I doubt, as McIntosh, Adesanya and I sit chatting in a deserted nightclub with an empty porn star martini glass and my little list of questions, that UFC's pound for pound number five is going to have his mind changed by me right now. Well, says Adesanya, ever willing to argue the toss, you actually can. I like to listen. If you give me new information and it makes sense to me, boom, in a moment, you'll see a paradigm shift. He then tells the time 
that he was on Mike Tyson's podcast, Hotboxing, and Tyson insisted Adesanya was a role model, and Adesanya argued he wasn't, and then they disagreed about the definition of role model, and Adesanya was unsure, but he was listening and thinking in that evening, as he put it, back in the Airbnb, I texted him, going like, you're right, because I had time to sit down and think about it myself. Which is good to hear. There's no question Israel Adesanya likes to do his own thinking. But Mike Tyson must have been a bit more persuasive than me, because it's been a whole week now, and I've still not received a text from Israel Adesanya telling me I'm right. Some things have changed since Adam sat down with Israel Adesanya. On September 10, in a surprise result, Israel Adesanya lost his middleweight championship to Sean Strickland at UFC 293 in Sydney, causing his pound-for-pound ranking to drop four places to ninth. That was It's Part of the Game on the long read from Stuff. Written and read by Adam Dudding and produced by Jen Black. This episode was edited by Connor Scott. If you listen via our website, you can hear this story and more like it on the Long Read podcast, available on all the usual platforms. If you follow the podcast, you'll get the latest episode automatically. This story was made possible by subscribers to The Post. If you want to support more beautifully told New Zealand stories, go to thepost.co.nz. Thanks for listening. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz/support.